You may think that I'm crazy, but Chris and I and my new stepdaughter, Molly, we went down to Blue Springs and we got in boats on Friday. <laughs> and it was really cold. And I'm from Connecticut, and I still say it was cold. The manatees were kind of hiding but we saw some beautiful birds. And Chris was behind me in a canoe, and he saw a gar fish. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're these old Florida fish with long sort of snouts. And evidently it came up and it ate another fish. And he got to see the whole thing. That was definitely the highlight of the morning. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and he sees Andrew and Peter and he says, come with me and you'll fish for people. And we all have heard the story a lot and we say, oh, fish for people. That's so nice. But have you ever really been fishing? My little brother, when he was just four, went fishing for the first time with our grandpa off of Sanibel Island, no less. When my little brother saw the fish flapping like crazy in the boat, you know, with its mouth opening, trying to breathe, he put his little hands on his hips and said to Grandpa, I'm never going to talk to you again. <laughs> but seriously, think about it from the perspective of the fish. Here you are swimming around. You don't even know you're in water. Your life is pretty simple. And all of a sudden, somebody yanks you out of your entire existence into a whole new realm, a whole new dimension where you die. And you flail around in the boat like this before you die. It is a violent, brutal message. It is definitely not nice. What was Jesus saying when he said that we would fish for people? When God takes hold of you, God lifts you out of the mundane day-to-day -day existence into a whole new realm of possibility, into eternity. When we are baptized, we are birthed into eternal life. And although we still walk around here on earth, we live in a whole other realm. And much of our lives will be flailing around, fighting it. 
In fact, speaking of flailing around, we have been given the great gift of the book of Jonah today. And if you look on the front of your bulletin, you will see a beautiful icon written by Jan Miller, who I think is up here. Jan, are you up there? There she is. Jonah was fished by God. And when you're fished by God, God starts showing you what to do. But Jonah is so much like that fish flailing around on the boat. Because when God says, go to Nineveh, what does he do? Well, when God starts leading us, we really have three options. We can follow and do what God says, or we can ignore it and pretend we didn't hear, la, 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 la. Or we can do what Jonah did and run the other way. So God says to Jonah, go to the city of Nineveh because they're in a bad way. And Jonah decides to get on a boat and go to Tarshish, which is in the opposite direction. So he decides basically to say, no, I'm not going to do what you want. I'm going to do the opposite. And how does it go when we decide that we don't want to do what God wants and we want to do the opposite? Have you tried it before? I have. It doesn't go very well. So Jonah goes on this ship and he goes to sleep. He, he wants to kind of say no and then go unconscious. He's sleeping and this huge storm comes. Now, one of the things that I've come to believe about discerning the will of God is that we really need other people. You can't discern the will of God by yourself because we can't see ourselves clearly. We need other people to say, hey, what are you doing? You're acting weird this week. So it's the sailors who say to themselves, this is weird, this storm is bizarre, something's off on this trip. Well, what about that new guy sleeping below? I wonder what he did. So they go down and they wake Jonah up. And sometimes we need to wake each other up, don't we? When someone you love is going in the wrong direction, sometimes you need to wake them up, yes? So the sailors wake up Jonah and they say, what's going on with you? At first, Jonah doesn't want to say what's going on, but then the storm gets worse. And I think Jonah's basically a good guy. He's just very strong-willed and kind of spoiled. But when the storm gets rough, he says, okay, you guys need to throw me overboard. And the sailors say, what, why? And he says, well, God told me to go to Nineveh, but I got on this boat going the other way. And they said, oh. But the sailors are basically good guys, so they don't throw Jonah overboard right away. They're, they're thinking, well, maybe, maybe God will relent and this storm will ease up, but it gets worse. They realize they're all going to die, so they chuck Jonah overboard. And Jonah gets swallowed by a fish. I can't imagine how scary and smelly 
and dark it would have been inside of a fish. But it's in that dark pit that Jonah gives up. And that's often the case for us, isn't it? We go the other way, things get so bad that we finally say, I give up. My way isn't going so well. I'm in a pit. Okay, God, your will be done. Jonah gives up and says, God, your will be done. And the fish spits up Jonah onto the shore of Nineveh, where he was supposed to go in the first place. So for a while, he starts following God's will. He, he goes to the city and he walks through the city. And as we hear in the text that Cheryl read, Jonah says, hey, you guys are really messing up and you're going to all just fall apart and die and if you don't get your act together. And the people of Nineveh listen. And they start behaving and they start worshiping God and saying their prayers and doing acts of charity. And so God forgives them. But then Jonah, the stubborn flapping fish, gets mad. Because he says, hey God, I did what you said. I told everybody that if they didn't get their act together, you'd punish them. But you're not punishing them. Jonah sits down in a huff outside the city. It's very hot. And God makes this huge plant grow up to give Jonah shade. Jonah likes the plant. And then God makes the plant wither from the heat. And Jonah is so mad that the plant has died that he says, I want to die, I'm so mad. I love this guy. And God says to Jonah, Jonah, you want to die because I killed the plant, but what about all these people in the city? Don't you care about them too? When I was in sixth grade, my best friend, Melissa Brown, had a really inventive and creative dad. And her little sister was going to have a birthday party, and her dad made the most incredible birthday party. He sort of created a circus for all these little girls, and I was enlisted as the older sister's best friend to play a role in the circus. I was going to be the strongest woman ever, which I thought sounded very cool. So this really creative dad gave me one of his big shirts, which I put on, and then he had a rope, and the rope went from far away and threw my shirt across here and out to the other side. And the kids were supposed to have a tug of war with me. They thought they were tug of warring with me, that I was holding the ropes, but actually it was just one rope. So the kids were pulling me this way, and they were pulling me that way, and they all thought I was so strong because they were actually pulling against each other. I was standing there looking strong. When we live in relationship with God and we're trying to do God's will, oftentimes we're like that. We're getting pulled this way and pulled that way. Jonah runs that way and away and then he goes and does God's will and then he's mad again. He 
he's being tugged this way and that way and this way and that way as his ego struggles to let go. You know that fish flailing on the boat? That's your ego. When we try to do God's will, our selfishness comes up. And we say, no, I want to make more money. No, I want to be more popular. No, I, I, I want to be uh, more beautiful. I don't want to do what you want. I don't want to do what I want. Me, me, me. And the ego flails around on the boat as it begins to die. When you pray, your ego goes, me, me. Get up and do the laundry. You're not doing so well with this. You're bad at that. Your ego's gonna go nuts. And the more you begin to follow God, the more the fish is gonna flail around in the boat. Jesus walked around and said, repent. Remember what my translation for repent is? Get over yourself. Eventually, hopefully, we will realize that doing things our way doesn't work. You know why? Because we're human. We can't see the big picture. We can't see the centuries and the millennia. We don't know how to fix the human race. We don't know how to save the planet. We don't know how to bring about peace and reconciliation among races. Only God knows how to do that. And eventually we'll struggle and push and pull and try to do things our way enough. And we'll find ourselves in a pit and we'll say, you know what? I bet you do know better, God. It's time for me to let go. As St. Paul says, to die to self and to live in Christ to be born again out of the waters of baptism, to follow Jesus and to discern what God wants for our lives because you, each one of you, was created for a very specific purpose. Each one of you has gifts, superpowers that are just your own if only we could stop flailing around and be still and listen. God would show us the way to joy. Come with me, Jesus says. I'll make you fish for people. Amen. Amen.